Welcome to the Factual Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factual. I'm Jimmy Levis. Today is October 13th, and in this week's forecast, we've got a January 6th committee hearing, Burkina Faso picking a transitional president, NATO's annual nuclear deterrence exercises, the European Council meeting, and a look at a possible nuclear test in North Korea. You can also read about these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you can find a link to in the show notes. The U.S. House Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol will hold its next and possibly final hearing on Thursday. It comes as the November midterm elections loom just a few weeks away. The hearing also comes after a two-week postponement due to Hurricane Ian and its impact on Florida. The panel's 10th hearing will present significant new information, according to Chair Beatty Thompson, but it's not expected to include live witnesses. Among those to appear before the committee recently was Ginny Thomas, wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, who claimed her roles to overturn the results of the 2020 election were separate from her husband's role on the court. Also under review are approximately 800,000 pages of communication material from the Secret Service. Now, the committee plans to present a final report by year's end while also considering legislative recommendations. Those recommendations include reforms to the Insurrection Act and the regulation of militia groups. Burkina Faso will pick a transitional president during national meetings on Friday and Saturday, this following the country's second coup this year. Burkina Faso was thrust into political unrest on September 30th after a group of officers decided to remove Paul Henry Demiba, who served as the country's interim president after taking power during its last coup in January. Army Captain Ibrahim Traore now holds the position until the new head of state is chosen in the meetings this weekend. Now, Traore had previously promised to organize elections to return to a civilian government by July 2024, but concerns remain over speculation that he will work closely with Russia. That raises questions about Russia's growing influence in the West African country, amid the region's weakening ties with France. NATO will begin its annual routine nuclear deterrence exercises at some point next week. Alliance Chief Jens Stoltenberg confirmed the exercises would go ahead as planned despite heightened tensions with Russia as Moscow intensifies its war effort in Ukraine. The annual exercises typically involve nuclear-capable aircraft, conventional jets, surveillance, and refueling aircraft. The United States does keep a small number of nuclear gravity bombs in Europe as part of a NATO nuclear sharing agreement. Now, while the exercises come as Moscow escalates its war effort, mobilizes manpower, and invokes nuclear threats, it's important to stress that the drills are annual, routine, and pre-planned. NATO Chief Stoltenberg also made clear that the alliance has detected no discernible changes in Russia's nuclear posture, echoing repeated statements made by the United States which has also made it clear that its nuclear posture remains unchanged. The European Council will meet next Thursday and Friday in Brussels. They'll be discussing the continent's energy crisis and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Earlier this month, European leaders met in Prague for informal discussions on the ongoing energy crisis in a bid to come up with joint measures. And while they failed to commit to a unified response due to divided opinions on an energy price cap, Leaders did commit to provide more financial and military aid to Ukraine. Now, while leaders from the EU's 27 countries agree on the principle of an energy price cap, next week's meetings will aim to agree on details. Officials hope to come up with a package of short-term measures to contain the rising costs of energy 
as well as longer-term measures to redesign the industry. Following the Russian offensive in western cities of Ukraine over the past week, leaders are expected to accelerate discussions on further support for Kyiv. Finally, while Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has indicated the Union must increase its financial support, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has also continued to push for an increase in arms shipments from Europe. Our last item for this forecast is on North Korea's possible upcoming nuclear test. For more on that, I spoke with Factual Editor Vivian Wang. Hey, Vivian. Hey, Jimmy. You know, in January and March, you were here talking about North Korean missile tests, and here we are seven months later, and now we're talking about a possible nuclear test. Not exactly the trajectory we were hoping for. I guess, to start, has North Korea actually said they plan to test a nuclear weapon? So off the top of my head, I don't think North Korea has said outright that they're going to conduct a nuclear weapons test, but they have emphasized building up their nuclear capabilities and all signs are pointing toward them being ready to conduct a test. Uh, Their Pungari testing site, the only place where they would be able to conduct a nuclear test, was blown up in 2018, but has since been rebuilt, according to South Korean intelligence. They say North Korea could be ready to test as soon as mid-October to early November. How does this fit in with North Korea's recent missile tests? So there's actually quite a bit going on there. The launches started right around when U.S. Vice President Kamala Harris visited South Korea late last month and continued as the U.S., South Korea, and Japan launched multiple large-scale naval drills near the Korean Peninsula. The launches are, of course, part of North Korea's longer-term weapons program, but the timing is important to North Korea so they can take a stand against what they see as threats from the U.S. and its allies. This last set of tests included a ballistic missile that reached the longest range of any missile ever fired from North Korea. It flew over Japan, a first since 2017, and even prompted evacuation warnings there. And all the while, North Korean state media has really been emphasizing their nuclear program. They said the missile tests were practiced for so-called tactical nuclear strikes on potential South Korean and U.S. targets. They've also claimed they're building underwater nuclear weapon silos, though that's much less likely to be true, according to experts. Do you think there's any chance they may yield to international pressure and back off conducting such a test? At this point, it's really unlikely. Kim Jong-un has said repeatedly he has no intention of resuming disarmament or denuclearization talks with the U.S. And earlier last month, North Korea said that they had made their nuclear status irreversible by passing a law enshrining their right to use preemptive nuclear strikes for defense. All signs are pointing toward a nuclear test being conducted. It's just a matter of when. I know you said the test could possibly come in the weeks ahead, but do we know anything more? So South Korea's intelligence agencies at the windows from October 16th to November 7th, between the upcoming Communist Party of China's National Congress and midterm elections in the United States. So the exact timing is unclear, but it appears North Korea is ready to launch the test. It'll just be a matter of when it make the most sense for them politically, plus whatever technical issues might arise. Well, considering all that, what do you think folks should be watching for next? So we'll probably keep seeing more weapons tests in general. Um, Just before recording this podcast, we found out North Korea fired some long-range strategic cruise missiles over its Western Sea as part of its tactical nuclear program. So North Korea might also be prepared to launch new liquid-fueled intercontinental ballistic missiles and um, submarine-launched ballistic missiles, according to a South Korean defense official. 
As for the nuclear test, uh, if or when it happens, the first report will likely show up as an artificial earthquake in or near Pungyeri in North Korea's North Hamgyong province. Um, and we'll probably hear about that first from South Korea's weather agency. Well, Vivian, I think we'll leave it there for today, but thank you for so much for your taking the time to get us all up to speed. I suspect this won't be the last time we'll talk about this. Appreciate your insight. Thanks for having me on, Jimmy. Take care. As always, thank you for listening to The Factual Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast and newsletter each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. Please subscribe and review wherever you find your podcasts. We'd love it if you'd consider telling a friend about us. Today's episode was produced with work from Factual Editors Joe Vieira, Avesa Maud, Alex Moore, and Jess Fino. Our interview featured editor Vivian Wang, and our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, if you have any feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, drop us a note by emailing hello at factual.com.